precious name of Jesus, my soul says amen. amen. Uh, hand me uh, the Bible. We're going back to Matthew 21, but we're also going to be looking at Luke 19. So um, if you turn back in your Bibles to Matthew, the 21st chapter, because we already read this in our liturgical reading, we're not going to read the whole thing, right? Because we already read it once this morning, and I know that you're going to remember what you read. So Matthew 21. Amen. All right, we're going to start with the... Um, all right, we're going to start with the um, fourth verse. This took place, uh, Matthew 21, starting with verse 4. We're going to read 4 through 11 only. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophets, saying, daughter, Say to daughter Zion, See, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed him shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. When Jesus, uh, uh, we'll stop right there. Oh no. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? The crowd answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Amen? Amen. Now turn to Luke. Luke 19. Luke is going to give us some additional information, so we have to look in Luke. Luke 19, verse 37 to 40. Luke is just a couple of uh, pages over. Matthew, Mark, Luke. Okay, Luke 19. We're going to look at verses 37 to 40. When you have it, speak to me, Lord. Speak to me, Lord. Okay, I'll give a couple minutes. Luke 19, verse 37 to 40. Okay, you with me? What page is that? 853. Okay, we ready? Because I want you to see it. When he came near, this is talking about Jesus, the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in, in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Amen? Amen. 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 I want you to travel on a journey with me. Put on your space hat and your space suit and travel in your sanctified mind back over 2,000 years ago in an area that is close to Jerusalem. And I want you to picture the scene as 
as someone you would watch something perhaps on television and and see me as the commentator and i want you to notice that there seems to be something special going on in the community there's a, a sense of excitement in the air can you feel it there's a sense of excitement in the air there's a stirring that seems to be going on that doesn't seem like today is going to be a normal day Amen. it is a stirring it makes you feel as though something unexpected is about to happen and all of a sudden you hear the sound of people's voices you hear shouts of people's praises and and when you look in the distance you see a strange sight approaching you. You see a man riding on the back of a donkey down the hill of Mount Olivet, preparing to go into Jerusalem. Now, the fact that you see a man riding on a donkey, that's not unusual. But if you look at the picture a little bit closer, you notice that the donkey that the man is riding on doesn't have a normal blanket for him to sit on. Mm -hmm. But it looks like that what he's sitting on on top of this donkey is people's clothing. Mm -hmm. And then, then you look on the, the sidelines and you see people taking off their cloaks and see people taking off their coats and they're throwing them in the middle of the road and in the dirt so that the man can ride over their cloaks, like that he was riding over a carpet. Mm. I want you to try to picture this strange sight in your mind, and, and then I want you to listen, because as I told you, you can hear voices, and in the background, you hear them shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And other people are crying out, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise in heaven and glory to the highest. Mm. The question that should come to your mind if you were just a passerby, is, my goodness, who could this man possibly be? If you hadn't read the scripture text, if you didn't know the story, perhaps the question would come to your mind. You say, who is this man? And you notice a little bit more. You say, well, he must be somebody important because some of the religious leaders are there. Scripture said there were some Pharisees there. But wait a minute. Some of the Pharisees are getting a, a little upset. They're getting a little uptight. And they're starting to criticize the man. And they say to the man, look at all this noise and all this shouting. and all You need to make your disciples be quiet. And the man answers with the strangest answer that we'll talk about later. If they were quiet, even the rocks would cry out. Brothers and sisters in Christ, I'm going to tell you what that means. I teach you what that means. But right now, all I want you to do is notice that they want our God, uh, they want the people to be quiet. And just as a little side note, sometimes when people come to church and they say, pastor has to make all of this noise and we got all this noise going, it doesn't take all of that 
to worship God. Well, my brothers and sisters in Christ, you're going to learn before it's over with that it takes all of that and more. Okay? But at any rate, you see this man, and finally somebody asks the question, who is this man? And the crowd answers, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. And that's where the movie stops and the sermon begins. Who is this man? And there's someone in the crowd or the several people cry out, this is Jesus, the prophet from Galilee. My brothers and sisters in Christ, I want you to understand now that the title of our sermon is the triumphant entry. You notice that in the bulletin? And if you look in your Bible, if you have any kind of Bible that has notes in it, you will see that this portion of scripture in Matthew and in Luke is referred to as the triumphant, in, um, the triumphant entry. If you have a thinking mind, the question has got to come to your mind. What has Jesus triumphed over that would cause them to say that he is having a triumphant entry into Jerusalem. Yesterday, we, we learned in class that if we were, you know how we always uh, uh, um, use that phrase, we are more than a conqueror, we are more than a conqueror. And we learned in class that whenever it says we are more than a conqueror, that means that not only have we conquered whatever battle it was that we were going through, but we come out of the battle better than we were when we went into the battle. Okay? Amen. So when scripture is saying Jesus here is triumphant, it is saying in effect that he is a conqueror. And the thing that should come to your heart and your mind is how in the world can Jesus have a triumphant in, uh, um, entry into Jerusalem when today is Sunday and Friday he's going to be crucified on the cross? You, you got to, what, what has he triumphed over? I want you to notice that when Jesus comes riding into Jerusalem, he doesn't come riding into the Jerusalem on the back of a stallion, but he comes riding into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey. He does not come, like normally if a king is riding into the city after he has won a battle, he is riding on a stallion and all these people are following him. They have flags waving in the air and there's all kind of royal garb and all that. But when Jesus rides into Jerusalem, he is riding on the back of a donkey. He is not only riding on the back of a donkey, but he's riding with ordinary everyday clothing on. Stay with me. I'm, I'm going to pull you in. What God wants you to see here is that the question that, G, uh, the, um, the, question that the astute person asked, who is this when they were making all that noise? And the crowd answered, this is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth. Jesus is coming, proclaiming that I am more than that prophet. You, you, you got to understand, I'm coming to show the world that yes, when I walked 
on this earth. I walked on this earth as a, as a prophet. I walked on this earth as a preacher, as a teacher, as a healer. I walked on the earth as all of this. But I am coming into Jerusalem this morning to proclaim to you, to prepare you to know that I'm not just a prophet, but that I am the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. You say, Pastor, how do you know that? Well, I want you to turn in your Bible. I want you to turn to Zechariah. How do I know that this is what Jesus was doing? It's a, just stay with me. Just stay with me. Zechariah 9, verse 9. Now, we already saw this in Matthew, but we're going to read it in Zechariah so that you will know, okay, what God that God is saying that Jesus has fulfilled everything that was necessary to make him king. Okay? You ready? Zechariah 774. 774. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See your king comes to you, righteous and having salvation, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Jesus is fulfilling when he is coming into Jerusalem on the back of a colt. Jesus is fulfilling the prophecy that was written in Zechariah hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago. And God is trying to let the people see and God is trying to get us to see that when Jesus came riding into Jerusalem as the king of kings, he did not come bringing the usual bounty or booty that kings would normally bring. But notice what scripture says that this king was going to bring. It says that this king was going to be bringing righteousness and salvation. This king was going to, it's telling you that Jesus, when he entered into the city of Jerusalem, he is proclaiming to the people, yes, I am the king that they talked about of the king of David that would sit on the throne of David forever. Yes, I'm the descendant of David, but I want you to understand that I am not just a physical king, but I want you to understand that I am the anointed one. I want you to know that I am the Messiah. I want you to know that I am the promised one. And when I come, I'm bringing righteousness. And salvation. And everybody in here should have shouted and said hallelujah. Because the only way that you are righteous with God. We've been talking about this in Bible study and so forth. The only way that you are in a right relationship with God is because of what Jesus did for you. You got to understand that when he's coming in Jerusalem. I don't know how to explain it. And, and I struggled with this sermon because I said, okay, Lord, this is Sunday. And Jesus knows that at the end of the week, he's going to be hanging on the cross. Mm-hmm. How in the world did he handle it? How did, he, I want you to think about it. if you went to the doctor and were giving a doc- diagnosis and the doctor told you, you have five days to live. What would your reaction be? What would you be about? 
besides crying? What would you be about? What would you be, what would be on your daily agenda to do? We're not going there. But what I want to try and get you to understand is Jesus knew what he was facing. He had chosen to take this path before the foundations of the world. He knew what was going to be the end of the, the road, so to speak, on Friday. But I want you to understand the, the anointing and the, the love that Jesus had for each of us. That he just said, I'm not going to sit around feeling sorry for myself all week. Because that's what we would do in our human strength. We would sit around feeling sorry for ourselves. Why me? Why does this have to happen to me? Why didn't God do it another way? Why does it have to be this way? Remember, he's actually going to go into the garden on, on Thursday night and he's going to pray and say, God, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. But that was not until Thursday night on Sunday morning. He said, I still got to be about my father's business. My brothers and sisters in Christ, what are you facing that is a hard road of hope? What are you facing that might be a difficulty? What are you facing that might be hard for you to digest or you to process? But God said, whatever it is that you're facing, no matter what it is, you've got to realize that you've got to remain on the road that God has put you on and continue to do the things that are going to glorify Amen. God. Amen. And this is what Jesus was doing. Amen. He says, I'm going into Jerusalem. No matter what. And, and remember, the Lord is just jumping me around in my mind on this, and we'll just see what God is going to do. Remember, it was like a week or two weeks before, Jesus would not go into Jerusalem because he knew the people there were plotting to kill him. Mm -hmm. You remember that? You know anything about Scripture? If you know anything about Scripture, you know that he would not go, and his brother said to him, Come on and go to Jerusalem with, with me. If, if you're the Messiah, you should be there telling everybody. And scripture says that he would not go because his time was not yet right because the people were plotting to put him to death. But I want you to see that all of that is behind Jesus now. He is not concerned about what anybody is going to do to him. His concern is about him doing what God has called him to do. Amen. Jesus is riding on into Jerusalem on the back of a colt, on the back of a donkey. But I want you to notice what else in Zechariah. Did you put your Bibles away? Y'all close your Bibles up too fast. Look at verse 10. It already said that he's coming. He's coming with righteousness and he's coming with salvation. Okay, but look what else it says he's going to do. He says, I will take away the chariots from Ephraim and the war horses from Jerusalem and the battle, battle bow will be broken. He will proclaim peace to the nation. His rule will extend from sea to sea and from the rivers to the end of the earth. What in the world is God saying that the Messiah, that this king is going to do? Well, let, let me tell you a little a little bit more before I digest this for you. Remember when Jesus told the disciples to go into this city 
and get the colt and the donkey. Mm -hmm. Remember? Mm -hmm. And he said, you'll find a donkey and you find a colt mm -hmm. and bring them to me. And he said, if anybody asks you what you're doing with them, you should say to them, the Lord has need of them. That should spark something in your spirit if nothing else does. That if God ever asks to use anything that belongs to you, that you should be right on point. If God asks to use you, you should be right on point. There should be no begging. To, uh, uh, can I get somebody to help me do this? Can I get somebody to help me do that? Can I, I get somebody to speak for me here? Can I get somebody? God says, no. As soon as the man was asked, his response was not, I got to think about it. His response was, I got to pray about it. His response was, if this is what God wants me to do, then I'm ready. I'm a, we use thinking about it and praying about it in order not to do the things that God is calling us to do. Okay, or to delay. Oh, well, you know, Pastor, I didn't hear the Lord asking me to do this. I hear you asking me, but I don't hear God. God said, if, if you can't differentiate that if when I'm sitting up here on Sunday morning and I'm preaching to you what thus saith the Lord, and you say, that's God speaking through her, then you cannot say later, well, God's not speaking through her because it's not something you want to hear. Amen. Do you understand? Amen. Either the anointing is there or the anointing is not there. But anyway, that, that's a whole different thing. My mind is just going all different kind of way, but that's okay. God is going to get the glory out of this. Notice what he says. He said, bring the uh, donkey and bring the colt. I want you to notice that Jesus did not ride on the, bank of the back of the donkey. He rode on the back of the colt. Remember the scripture says he rode on an animal that nobody had ever ridden on before. Do you know the scriptures? Do you read the stories? That's what it says. He rode on the back of the colt that no man had ever ridden on before. Why would God specify for him to ride on the back of a colt or a donkey, a colt rather, that nobody had ever ridden on before? And the answer is because Jesus is going to be the kind of king that nobody has ever seen before. He was not going to be following along the way the normal kings doing all this other kind of stuff. Look at what it says in, in verse 10 that it said that this king is going to do. He's not going to operate the way that the regular kings do. It says he's going to take away the chariots, which means that he's put a, going to put an end to all vehicles of war. It says he's going to take away the war horses. He says there's not going to be any need for war horses because war is going to be canceled. He's going to break the bows of the arrows, the bows and the arrows. He's going to proclaim peace to the nation. This king that is going to come, this king that Jesus is entering into Jerusalem, proclaiming that he is, he is saying, I'm going to be the kind of king that nobody has ever seen before. And it says that his rule will be from sea to sea, which means his kingdom will have no boundaries. That's the kind of king that Jesus came to be. That's the kind of king that Jesus is. Amen? I want you to understand. I want you to understand that when Jesus came into Jerusalem, and it says he was coming in triumphantly, as if the battle 
was already won. He was coming in triumphantly as though the battle was all. If you got your Bibles, in, and I don't know if this Bible says it, but does it say at the top, triumphant entry? Look in your, all of the Bibles, that's the way it's written. The triumphant, what did he try? He had not triumphed over anything yet. I mean, he had gone into the wilderness and defeated the enemy, but he had not defeated him permanently yet. But he is acting as though the victory is already won. Amen. God is trying to teach y'all something. This is, you know, I know at Palm Sunday, it's always hard to do a Palm Sunday sermon because it's like people already know the story and their minds are like not, you know, into. So you got to try to get it to get them to understand a little bit more, a little bit more of what Jesus was doing and what it was all about. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Mm. Okay. My mind just went down another road. All right. Okay. So Jesus is coming as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. All right. So the next thing I want you to notice is when Jesus, thank you, Lord. The next thing I want you to notice is when Jesus asked my mind, okay, Satan, you're a liar. Okay. All right. When, um, the people were protesting and saying, um, I don't know, and was saying, make these people be quiet, okay, because, you know, they're making too much noise. And Jesus said to them, if they're quiet, even the very rocks will cry out. Mm -hmm. You say, Pastor, what does that mean? Well, there's two things it means. The first thing it means is that God is saying to you, you never, nobody should ever have to beg you to praise him. Right. Right. Nobody should ever have, pastor should not have to stand up. Okay, y'all, come on, give me some praises. Come on, open your mouth. Give the Lord some praise. Oh, well, I'm quiet. I'm, I'm shy. I'm this. Well, I don't have a, God said, what, what is this? What is this? This is not what I'm all about. Mm -hmm. But God said, if you don't praise me, the very rocks will cry out. What does that mean? What does that mean? Turn in your Bibles to Romans 8. We're going to look at verses 18 and 22. Romans 8. What does it mean when Jesus said, if, the pray, if I tell them to be quiet, even the, even the very rocks will cry out. Romans 8, 18 and 22. Read this with me, please. You have it. Tell me what page. 916. Yeah. Okay, everybody have it? Yeah. Speak, to me, Speak to me, Lord. You with me? Yeah. I consider hmm, that our present sufferings are not worth being compared with the glory that will be re revealed in us. I could do a sermon right from that. Okay, but we're not going to. The creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of one who subjected it, and hoped that the creation itself would be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into glorious freedom of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in pains of childbirth right up to the present time. You say, Pastor, what does that mean? 
Now we can see creation praising God. You can go outside and you can see the trees blowing and the, you know, scripture talks about the trees offering up praises and the, uh, with the limbs and the wind blowing and all that. But there's going to come a day when not only will humankind praise God, but creation itself. You have to understand when Adam and Eve fell into sin, God put a curse on this earth. And scripture says that ever since Adam and Eve sinned, that the earth has been groaning and travailing in, in pain, waiting till the day when sin would be removed from its presence. And in my mind, I see the, the uh, tornado, not tornadoes, but the earthquakes and stuff. The earth is, is groaning. It's, it's you know, because of the sin that is being done on top of it. You got to understand. And it, what boggles my mind is if the, and, and the earth is a living thing. The ground is a living thing. You know that. Yeah. Trees are a living thing. Okay. They breathe. They eat all of this. Right. Right. Yeah. So if the earth is in travail and groaning in pain because of the sin that is going on top of it, how much more should we who go by the name of Christ, who walk around saying that we are children of God, how much more should we be groaning and travailing in prayer? Amen. Trying to break the hole of sin in our life and sin in our friend's life and sin in Baltimore City and all this other kind of stuff. How much more should you be groaning and travailing in prayer? Hallelujah. How much more should you be? And one day the curse is going to be removed from the earth. That's what this scripture just said. It just said here that the whole, uh, it says, being subject is one day going to be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom. God said, this is what's going to happen. Amen. Amen. So if the rocks, you don't cry out, God said, there will be someone praising me, even if it has to be the earth, even if it has to be the trees. And I pray that you will not have to have a rock, praise God for you. I praise God that even though you may say you're you're quiet and you can't say hallelujah and this is not your tradition and whatever, but God, don't don't worry about that. Okay, realize that the God that we serve is so very worthy to be prayed, praised. Jesus made a triumphant entry into Jerusalem. He made a triumphant entry into Jerusalem. Okay, in order to show us that you don't have, and this is probably the most powerful point of the sermon, because I've been attacked up here this morning, but that's okay. The most powerful point of the sermon is that you don't have to wait until the victory is won to proclaim your victory. You don't have to wait till the victory is won to proclaim your victory. Yeah. Jesus is going into Jerusalem proclaiming his victory even though Friday is on the horizon. Amen. 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 Let us pray. My Father, my God, I come to you in the precious name of Jesus. 
Lord, I, I just thank you. I, I'm not going to make any excuses, Lord. You know exactly what's going on. So I just thank you, Lord, and I hope and pray that someone was able to glean something from this message that they can take home and apply it to their life. In faith, Lord, I just praise you for the answer even right now. In Jesus' name, my soul says amen. Amen. Song. amen. All heads be all heads be bowed and all eyes closed. Listen to the words of this song. In the darkness we were waiting without hope, without light. Listen to the words. Heaven, 